Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Before we go into our episode, I wanted to give a shout out to Iris Weiner, who's here and has these amazing services that she can offer you. Hi, Iris. Hi. Hi, Kim. Um, I'm with Bankers Life. I am an insurance agent and I specialize in Medicare supplements and long-term care, critical care, life insurance, annuities, uh, and so much more. Um, I love sitting down with families and help them protect their assets. I have seen way too many people lose their homes because they were not properly insured for long-term care. And there's a huge Medicare gap as to what is not covered, uh, the people assume is until it's too late. So one of the things I love to do is sit, sit down with my uh, clients. I love to be able to hear what, you know, about their family life, what it is that they want to do, and, and make sure that we protect them so that when you're finally getting to the point where you're able to enjoy life, you're able to do that. Your retirement is protected for you to enjoy till the very end. So I love doing that. And I give back. Um, I had a really hard time with my mother-in-law quite a few years ago when she had several strokes. And that's when we discovered what Medicare didn't cover. And that's when I scrambled to try to help her. And from that, I actually said to the universe that I was going to do this because no one should lose their home over trying to figure out how to take care of a family member or themselves for that you know, for that matter. So right. I, I love to sit down with their, anyone. Um, they can reach me by calling me on my cell phone, which is 714-496-1376. They can also reach me through email and that's iris, I-R-I-S dot Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R at bankerslife.com. Wonderful. And I'll tell you, she does everything from the heart. And so she's a great person to work with and ask questions to. So thanks for being here, Iris. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim and Eden. Hi, Eden. Hi. Hi, Kim. Hi, everybody. Thank you guys for being here and listening. Yeah. And happy holidays. It's holiday time and happier than last year, right? So we're, we're very blessed. Hopefully everyone's safe and healthy and happy and doing well. Yeah. Um, we're so excited for our guest this episode. We're going to just jump right in. Um, so I was very excited to be able to connect with this guest and get him on the show. We're honored to have him. Um, my experiences seeing him live, I'll talk about in a minute, but Brendan McCreary, a.k.a. McKeon, he is the lead singer for Oingo Boingo, former members. And I have seen them, I think, five times at least. I, the first time I ever saw him, um, them, but I just say him because he's the only one on the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, it was like maybe six years ago, seven years ago, and I was in L.A. Live with friends. And they said, hey, there's this downtown L.A. music festival. We had no idea what it was. We walked down there maybe 10 minutes from L.A. Live. 
And we're like, oh my God, this is Oingo Boingo, former members. And I was going, this lead singer has so much charisma and is such a great frontman, has such a great voice. And so we loved seeing them and ended up seeing them again at um, the Coach House and um, in Ventura, downtown Ventura, at a drive-in concert during the oh. pandemic. Oh. Um, recently, yeah. recently at the Greek Theater at the 80s, Lost 80s concert with my friend. And you guys should have just headlined the whole thing and played for two hours because some of the people probably were... Mm-hmm not up to the level you guys are at, but it was a great show. Well, it's um, an intimidating group. There's 10 people in the band and, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, he recently did a song for a Christmas sale on the Hallmark Channel, which is yes. a holiday movie out. And he has other bands, Crisis Couture. He does the singing voice of the Ghost of Freddie Mercury, which is on Netflix's hit show, Big Mouth. And if you go to his website, he does a lot of songs um, just for a lot of different people. And just I feel like your voice is one of the top voices I've ever heard up there with Adam Lambert, up there with Ryan Tedder. Um, So welcome, Brendan. Hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We're excited. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you too. Thank you as well. It's good uh, timing, I guess, because you said you just wrapped your most recent tour. Yeah, yeah. One yes. of the former members just we just finished up on Halloween night. Uh and uh yeah, yep. Everything is kind of settling in for the holidays here. That's good. Do you get time with your family and Yeah, your... yeah, I okay. should. I should. I should. I got all the I got all the kinks worked out, I think. <laughs> That's good. There are a lot of kinks for this this time of year for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um so how did you get into the performing and um we really want to know a lot about what your upbringing was on our show. We like to talk about mental health a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So we like to get personal. So anything you'd like to share with that. And um, we also know that your brother is Bear McCreary, mm-hmm. the famous film composer. And he's also done um, composing for some TV shows. What shows? So I have three questions I just asked you. Yes. <laughs> upbringing, uh, personal stuff. And how'd you, yeah. How'd you get into it? What's your upbringing? Just tell us about your whole life. Your deepest, darkest your- secrets. Okay. <laughs> Might save the deepest, darkest ones for the next time I'm on. But um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so Bear and I uh, grew up in Bellingham, Washington, which is uh, one of the last towns that you can be in before you're inside of Canada. Mm. Um, it's like way up, way up near the border. And um, uh, yeah, so we were raised by a single mom. And I can't recall a time that we were not doing music. I I just, I can't recall a time that Mm. that wasn't happening. So, you know, I I remember my mom saying how when I would get fussy, she'd put my crib in front of the piano and I just, (laughs) and I would stop crying or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, I fast forward, Bear is four years older than me. Um, and I remember when he was in high school, he was in jazz band and he and his music friends would come over to the house and I'd hear him talking about chords and seventh chords and nine chords. And 
diminished chords and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I thought that was so fascinating because I, as a kid, you know, uh, I, I must've been in fifth grade or something at the time, sixth grade, maybe. And I was thinking like, well, I know all my major and my minor triads, but what's all this stuff that they're talking about. And that really sparked my interest. And that was really what kind of set me on the path of music was being interested in it. Everything else was something that a teacher was telling me to do or my family was telling me to do or not to do. And so choosing music was very empowering to, you know, uh, uh, for me. And then basically I, that was all I wanted to do after that. And so uh, then I, I, I miraculously got into USC where my brother was also a student. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, I'll fast forward. Uh, <laughs> I got out of USC. I was a preschool teacher for eight years. Oh, wow. A decade. Yeah, a preschool music teacher. Oh, cool. And, and during that time, I had bands. I was I had a, all kinds of bands and stuff. And um, But I, I joined Oingo Boingo former members, or what would be Oingo Boingo former members, in 2003. Oh, wow. 2004? So, uh, yeah, like pushing 20 years with a my like a short hiatus in the middle where I wasn't the lead singer for a little bit. But, um, yeah, so I've been doing that for a long time. Um, yeah. And, and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff happened in between there and now I'm here. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots. I'm and sure you're, lots. You're in other, you're in other band too, another one or two other ones. Well, I have my pop outfit, which is just called McKeon, which is a, a, a mashup of my Irish name and my Armenian name. Mm. Ah, nice. Yeah. Mm. Um, so my Irish name is obviously McCreary and my mother's name is Kalpakian. And so I kind of mash those up. Um, and then I have a metal band called Crisis Couture. Wow. Uh, it's It's more uh alternative metal so it's not it's not like straight ahead metal it's more like system of a down meets red hot chili peppers meets right. so, i heard yeah i thought oh, it was yeah. cool very unique it is very unique yeah so how did you start getting into working with oinko boingo former members and what did it feel like you know did you feel any pressure or oh, yeah. did it come real naturally so, to you yeah no no uh it was it was a bit of a nightmare um, hmm. I'm going to tell you the tall tale version. Uh, this is not the true, tr- this is not the true version, <laughs> but it's, it's slightly more, um, uh, exciting than the true version, but only slightly. So, you know, Johnny Vatos Hernandez was trying to put this together, this, this reunion basically. And, uh, he saw me singing at a club at the knitting factory. And, uh, he asked me to do it. And wow. I think he, he must've been either desperate or, um, or you were really good or maybe yeah. I was really good, which is maybe a combination of the two, because, you know, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't really know what I was capable of. And I didn't know what I was capable of at the time. Uh, I, I just grew up listening to Boingo and I already had like encyclopedic knowledge of. Oh, wow. Stuff. So like that was, um, pretty wild. The true version of the story is bear had, when he moved to LA, he slowly started 
uh, ingratiating himself with m- members of Oingo Boingo and working his way up to like the key guys, John Ovula, Bartek and Vatos. And um, so he had met Vatos at a summer solstice party. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess John must have told him about what he was trying to do. And Bear was like, well, you should talk to my brother. Ah. Well, that's the true story. Um, <laughs> oh. I, I like the version of the story where he just sees me at a club and he's like, whoa, I need that guy. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> I think maybe it was a combination, though, because if you weren't good, I don't think he mm-hmm. would have bothered to ask. Well, the thing is, is. I wasn't good, <laughs> you know, certainly by today's by my standards for today. And, you know, it was nerve wracking just walking into a room with some of my heroes. Right. You know, and these guys are not. Um, uh, very gentle. <laughs> ah, <laughs> so, like I was okay. getting shit like right out the gate yeah. and um, <laughs> I was trying to dish it back. And I was trying to like be hip and cool and whatnot. But um, the bottom line is, you know, when I walked out on stage, I hadn't been in front of that many people. I had never performed without an instrument in my hand in all my bands and everything. I was always playing guitar, mm-hmm. playing piano. And I just didn't know what was going to happen. And, and, and uh, I, you know, I just was like, all right, here I go. And I was dressed in a, a cab Calloway outfit, like a big white tuxedo with long flowing tails. And cause I think we opened with Minnie the Moocher at our very first show. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. So how did you, okay. So then you're, you're telling us the, the honest raw truth. So how did you go from being that to now you, you're like a top front man that has so much confidence and charisma and like, you're, I mean, really, like, amazing performer, extraordinary. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, a couple of things. I learn things very slowly, so um, I I just do things very slowly. <laughs> so I would say, like, the first few years I was good, you know, but not like, definitely not what I am today, which is, I'll. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, it's a long time. And there was a lot of, uh, I remember there was a defining sort of moment when I would really beat myself up over these performances. And, you know, I would get such incredible stage fright, and I still do. But um, I remember after the shows, any shows, whether it was a Boingo show or one of my own shows, you know, and I would be, like sick to my stomach afterwards where I'd be beating myself up so much and hating on myself for, Oh, you botched this and you botched that and blah, 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 blah. And, um, so I remember at a certain point, I don't know if I'm allowed to use profanity on the show, but yeah, you can. Okay. So I I just remember at a certain point I was like, I need to stop giving a fuck. Uh And that's, that's like literally what I told myself. And I remember learning this at the first show. So, so I left Oingo Boingo, former members. We weren't called that at the time, but I left for a couple of years. Um, and Vatos did some restructuring with the group and stuff. And I remember the first show I came back was like the first show where I was like, I am going to embrace this. Like, I don't give a fuck attitude anymore. Like, because, because caring so much was, was really bringing me down. Hmm. Um, I know that might sound counterintuitive or, or weird 
but, um, and, and Vatos actually taught me something. One of the most important lessons I've ever learned. He was in one of my bands, like way back in the day. And we were playing this song called Jeremiah dines alone. And it's a story song. It's kind of like a Beatles song. It was about this, this guy that I saw at a restaurant waiting for his date that never came. And he was dressed to the nines and it was very sad to, you know, closing. And, and so the song is just a, a quirky little song, very jazzy little tune. And, and Vatos told me once, he's like, Hey, Brennan, you know, you, you know, rock and roll. And, you know, it's all about sticking to the man. It's all about saying, fuck you, you know? And just because uh-huh. your song isn't like a fuck you song doesn't mean you can't say like, fuck you with your soul. <laughs> you know? And again, like that, I was like, that's really interesting because now I can sing all kinds of different songs, even love songs or ballads, or I can sing it with this like, fuck you attitude. And that was very empowering to me. Obviously I care deeply about Oingo Boingo and my performance and, you know, obviously, but just sort of like allowing myself to let go of the care and just be like, you know, and just go in there and just be like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's when I started kind of becoming the entity that you've been seeing was when I just started relinquishing, um, my responsibility, you know, just like all these sort of burdensome feelings, these burdensome attitudes. And that just let me kind of unleash on stage. And, and then from there, I started really just, you know, start going bonkers. And, 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 and Boingo is a, is a very, it's very insane music. Right. <laughs> so it really, I, I, you gotta, if you're going to sing that stuff, you, you kind of have to you're like leading a band of wild horses and you can't ask the horses to calm down or anything. You know, you just got to go. You just got to yeah. go. Yeah. Well, how, so what was the difference in how you feel now with that new letting go attitude? Yeah. Uh, it just kind of became part of my entire musical life. So I had approach, I would approach an acoustic show at a coffee house the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it just allowed me to, I don't know. It just what about now? Like personally, like being on a show like this, are you the same way with your personality coming out? Um, I don't know about my personality. I think my personality in real life is far more reserved. But um, another thing that, another element that I didn't mention is just like the sheer professionalism of the thing. Like I've been at it for so long. There's just, very few things that can phase me. And when you're first starting out, all you're doing is getting phased. That's all that's happening on stage. If you see some young band on stage, they're, they're scared shitless, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a lot of times bravado will make up for that kind of stuff. But when you have the bravado and the skills and they're kind of in tandem and working together. So like at any given moment at a show, especially like, for example, an Oingo Boingo former member show, I'm doing everything I'm doing. I'm also doing complex math. I'll be like emoting and I'll be like, Hey, you didn't hit that note. So, you know, that note's going to come back. So you need to try a different way to get it. Uh, is the falsetto working here? You're a little pitchy on this thing. Adjust this. Okay. You're running out of energy. You need to stop dancing for a few minutes. Oh my God. Focusing on wow. You need to, sometimes it's like your blood oxygen level is really low, buddy. You better be like, all this stuff is wow. going on. It's like a race car driver. 
Oh my gosh. That's awesome to hear that though, because you're putting us in the mind of like a lead singer and you're, you're obviously very intelligent. So you, you have the ability to probably torture us sometimes, but you have the ability to multitask and yeah. Oh, vocalize. Yes. (laughs) Wow. That was fascinating to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a little bit of a science at times. Yeah. Um, are you planning is Oingo Boingo former members? It's like a tongue twister, um, planning to work to tour again in the future. Yeah. I mean, ordinarily outside of, you know, extremely, uh, earth shattering pandemics, um, we'd usually do a tour in May and we usually do a tour in October with maybe some odd dates here and there throughout the summer you know, we just played Catalina earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, hopefully we'll be doing a thing in May. And again, that's, you know, last year or two years ago, we hit up, we went to Arizona, we go to Salt Lake. We do, sometimes we head up to Northern California, you know, Boingo Boingo never got big outside of California. They never got huge, you know, they were never like, <clears throat> excuse me, an East coast band or so there, there's a feverish cult following is all located in California. So right. that's, why we, that's why we tour California mostly. Oh, that's cool. I never oh, knew yeah. that. Yeah, it's good for us. Hopefully next year we'll be doing, you know, 30, 40 shows or whatever. That's so cool. So in your downtime, what do you, what do you work on? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I just moved to Palo Alto and, uh, before that, for about five or six years, I hadn't, I, I had, I had a lot of sort of, uh, the well had runneth dry and I was, and when COVID hit, I, I was basically like, okay, it's time to switch professions. <laughs> and so, um, I started, I actually got into grad school, um, to study, to become a therapist a psychologist, Ooh. like a therapist with, and I wanted to emphasize in, in like, uh, child, child therapy, young, young adults and children. And I got into grad school. I was accepted in Los Angeles. Um, and then for some family reasons, I had to move to Palo Alto. Like I, I had to, and then I couldn't, <clears throat> I couldn't go to school anymore. Like they weren't gonna let me do distance learning. And it makes sense, you know? So I had this, I was on this track. I was on rails. It's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to study. I'm going to like become a therapist. And then, uh, and then I moved here, couldn't do it, started looking around. And then I just started getting like a bunch of work. (laughs) Um, Uh. and so like a couple months ago, I scored, uh, a little documentary for AMC plus, uh, and then I got that Hallmark song, uh, in, in, Mm -hmm. in a Christmas sale, which was this soul Christmas tune kind of, yeah. Um, and so I've been working on that stuff. Uh, I work on, I've been mixing and mastering the new crisis couture record. Um, I work on McKeon stuff. I write songs for other people. I help other people produce their music. I, I do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Well, it sounds like I'm, I'm just getting a little philosophical when you talked about you were going in one direction, um, with, being a possible, possibly being a therapist, then um, you started getting work in music. So to me, that just sounds like, you know, you, when you do, I don't know why I can't talk right now. You don't focus so much on the music um, 
it, it, comes sh- back. it comes right back because that's what your destiny is, is like what you're meant mm. to be doing. And, and so did that make it so that you completely stopped with your master's program? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you just got busy with the, with what you're meant to be doing. Yeah. Um, okay. which, which I, I, I am, I'm not oblivious to, I I'm not, I'm not a huge, like people always talk about the universe and how it sends you things. Yeah. And, and maybe it's not that I'm skeptical. It's just that I don't like to use that language all the time, just for me personally. Mm-hmm. But it, I was kind of like, all right, like there's been this dry spell, like years where basically like every song I wrote didn't get in the show. Every cue I did didn't end up in the movie, you know, yada, yada, yada. With the exception of singing Freddie Mercury on Big Mouth. And um, so I was like, okay, the universe is telling me, you know, okay, it's time, you know? And then when I moved up here, uh, uh, and then suddenly I was like getting these gigs, like good gigs. And I was like, okay, all right. All right. So I kind of, I just felt like maybe the universe, so to speak was like, Hey, wait, 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 wait. On second thought, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe try this, maybe try this. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I know. And I think like, I think we, when we have space, sometimes it's because like, there's supposed to be some sort of like, you know, we, we have to like tune inward and kind of allow things to come in that we're meant to do, but we panic. Like, cause I get like that too. Sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I, before the pandemic, I was doing all these live speaking gigs and, you know, big groups and things. And now there's none. And, and mm-hmm. so my mind will start to play tricks on me. Like, okay, well, you're not going to ever get any more. It's done. Like, and just stupid stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead of like, I have to stop myself and go, okay, I'm just going to be good with what I have. Tune inward, allow, and see what's supposed to be coming in. Um, but that's hard sometimes. Yeah, you know? it is. It is hard. And I, I'm not especially gifted at, you know, tuning in. Um, my, I can be very, things are, can be very chaotic inside my brain, but I, I, I definitely picked up on this wavelength, you know, so I'm, I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens next. I've, I've got little buns in the oven here and there and we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Are you doing any more, um, future projects like the Hallmark channel, the song you did for that music? I mean, for that Christmas, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, that, that kind of stuff just land lands in my lap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to do more of that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but I saw it repeating. So they're airing it still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I, it's really good. It's very touching. <laughs> my, my song is the, uh, is like, I don't want to, I shouldn't spoil it, but it's, it's like the key song in a very key moment in like the pinnacle of the movie. So I was like, yeah. ah! it's not just like playing in the background at the grocery store. It's, it's uh-huh. like, it's the narrative a narrative moment. And I, I, I read the script and, and I, and I paid attention to what happened in the movie while I was writing the lyrics and stuff. So. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Who are your biggest influences? Was, was Danny Elfman a big influence for you? Short answer. No, not Danny specifically. Although Boingo was probably the reason I got into rock and roll. Wow. You know, I can remember like wanting, I was pretending like, oh, at the, at the school talent show, I'll play these Boingo songs, you know, like. Um, That's yeah. serendipity right there. Very mm-hmm. much so. Yeah, but, you manifested 
mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think my biggest influences, uh, direct influences, at least people that I've tried to sound like or learn how to sing like um, Freddie Mercury, probably number one, maybe tied with or second to David Bowie, which mm. you wouldn't necessarily know from my music necessarily, but I've been listening to David Bowie since I was just a kid. Um, Jeff Buckley is a big influence on me. Um, and then after that, I grew up just listening to soul music, Aretha Franklin, mm. Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, Nice. Um, I grew up listening to that kind of stuff all the time. Right. So, like uh, oh, Aaron, Aaron Neville. I grew up listening to Aaron Neville. Oh, wow. And um, so all that stuff has a really serious impact on how I sing, too. Um, I think when I, when I sing, I put a lot of, uh, I don't know if this is accurate, but I think there's a lot of, like, pain in my voice or you know just there's a lot of I, I don't know there's a there's a, a big depth of feeling there and mm-hmm. I think I think I got that from 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 a lot of that soul music that was just playing constantly in the house all oh, the so, time. It's, so it's not really coming from you it's not something personal oh, no it's definitely coming from me as well <laughs> okay <laughs> but, um but yeah uh, and then Freddie too you know um yeah he, I, I remember, I remember when I, when I first learned that I was like, oh, can I actually kind of sing like this? It was at my buddy's wedding a million years ago. And, uh, he had put this band together of all his friends and I went in to sing and he wanted to play don't stop me now. And so mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay. And I'd never, I'd been listening to queen my whole life. Queen was my emo. Now, mm-hmm. like emo was emo when I was in high school. You know, right. so dashboard confessional is really all the rage and all this stuff. And, uh, but I was listening to queen and crying my eyes out all the time. Mm. I had my little walk, my disc man and I would put Deep it out and I would just, I would, you know, and I would, yeah. I mean, Freddie's voice is so incredibly emotional and most people just know like Bohemian Rhapsody and which is incredibly emotional, but you know, most people know another one by the dust and stuff, but there's, so many gut-wrenching songs and to hear him sing is just to like right to just be awash in his life and his grief you know yeah. like you can just if you pay attention it's all there mm-hmm. so um and i remember just singing don't stop me now and i was like oh oh did i just hit that note you know <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> that's kinda what kind of started me on that um, nice. Freddie Mercury. Well, studying you know, not to put you under pressure, but um, <laughs> that seriously just came out. But uh, that, wow, so that was cheesy. That was good, um, kid. Can you sing something for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not under pressure. Yeah, not, not under pressure. <laughs> well, if you, unless you want to sing, <laughs> no, we're, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anything well, you ask for it, you ask for it. Hold on a second. Um, <laughs> And I know, I know our producer Scott's listening, going, all right, I love Queen. I love Oingo Boingo. So he's waiting to hear you. Yeah. Under pressure, coming down on me, coming down on you. No man asked for, 
under pressure. Everything burning down, just burning down. Just people on the streets. That's okay, the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends scream, let me out! And tomorrow takes me high, high, high. Woo! Whoa, that was oh so good. God. So good. Yeah. Wait, don't put don't put it away because can we hear an Oingo Boingo we, song too? Yeah, one, one more little blur. We have time. Uh, <laughs> Oingo Boingo song. Um, you got what song you want to hear? Just another day. I was gonna say Dead Man's Party. All right, uh, well, just, whatever, whatever. whatever. <laughs> I feel it all around. I feel it in my bones. My life is on the line when I'm away from home. When I step out the door, the jungle is alive. I do not trust my ears. I don't believe my eyes. I will not fall in love. I cannot risk the bet. We're hot to fragile toys. So easy to forget. It's just another day. There's murder in the air. It drags me when I walk. I smell it everywhere. And it's just another day when people cling to light that drives away the fear that comes with every night. It's just another, just another day. Oh my God. Oh, so good. Personal I concert. Just, I could just be like, okay, go three more hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could do a few. <laughs> All right. Well, next when we when we go to your next show, we'll we'll come give you a hug in person. Absolutely. <laughs> and thank yeah. you. Yes. Um okay, okay, I have a I have a good question for you. I, okay. And I hope you're gonna answer it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you recently posted on Instagram that you are you were doing a secret project or you are doing the secret project with two legends, Mike Stoller who co-wrote Stand By Me, Hound Dog, and several other songs that everybody would know. Mm -hmm. um, also, John Beasley, a world-famous pianist. Can you talk to us about what that secret project is? Yes, I can. Um, we are oh, cool. putting together the foundation of... Well, maybe I can't. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> In any case, um, I have a filmmaker friend named Ward Roberts, and he was working on or is working on a documentary about Cole Porter, whom he is by blood related to or no, just fascinated with because they grew up in the same city. And so Ward was going around and just finding people that have met Cole, uh, would love Cole's work, and he ended up interviewing Mike Stoller. And Mike Stoller said, oh, I have a song that I wrote in like 1950." eight or something that um, he wrote in like honor and in the style of Cole Porter. And uh, uh, it had never been released. No one had ever recorded it. And the only existing demo was recorded in 1959 or something like that. Something outrageous, you know? And so we recorded this song. Ward was like, hey, would you come and produce this? And so we did... Um, a trio version, stand-up bass, drums, piano, and vocal with John Beasley on piano, who is without question one of the most gifted piano players ever, much less alive. And the guy just, when he plays, it's just, nobody does it like that. So uh, I put these guys together 
and we recorded this song and uh, Mike loved it. So uh, we're, we're talking about maybe putting together some type of collection of music written by a certain person who may or may not be Mike Stoller. Yada, yada, yada. So we're, 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 we're trying to work something out where maybe, maybe we're going to cut some records together. Nice. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, totally. I, yeah it was really cool. I got to sing the song and it was, you know, a very, uh, very different approach. You know, I'm, I do rock all the time and, and, and pop. And so it was this very, um, musical whimsical uh smooth more more lounge style for lack of a better word um and mike just loved it so i was just like and that that song isn't available at the moment we're we're trying to figure out you know is it going to be in the cole porter documentary is it gonna is it going to be on an album like so it's just kind of hanging out in the attic right now Hmm. wow and i think that's i think it's you're getting these things attracted to you because not only your talent, but you, you, there's not that many artists that can hit that many ranges of vocal ability and sing so many genres. And I feel like you have that rare ability. There's not that many that can. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a very, uh, wacky voice. I can do a ton (laughs) of stuff. There's some stuff that I cannot do, but there's, I can do a ton of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, my husband and I always talk about that. We're like, okay, obviously Freddie, Prince, um, I felt like Scott Weiland was one of those guys, um, you know, that could do that, but I don't, there's not that many. And so um, I think that, that you're going to get a lot more stuff in all different areas because of that, besides the space to attract it as you're, as you're allowing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I, 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 it's very interesting. You know, I enjoy doing all this stuff. Uh, it's also very interesting just being able to do all this stuff, you know, um, it's, it, it does get a little confusing at times, you know, kind of, I guess part of the danger there is, is, is a difficulty in finding my own voice. Like what your heart wants to do. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. You know, when you, when you study, you know, just for example, like Oingo Boingo, like I can do a zany Danny Elfman impersonation, but I don't because no. I want to like do my own thing. But yeah. it's un- 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 undoubtedly completely, totally informed by Danny and his music and stuff. When I sing Freddie's music, even if I'm not impersonating him, like I have a cover of Love of My Life on my YouTube channel and you know, there's little moments where I do Freddyisms and stuff, but you know, it is difficult. Sometimes I've struggled throughout my life. Just, Oh, what is, what is my voice? Like, what is my voice? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think I've ever stopped quite searching for that. I don't think I ever will. I think it's always right. there, but it's always just kind of like, you know, a little, a little um, elusive type thing. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, and I think, yeah, like we talk about that all the time where you're always, you don't just stop. You're always growing. If you choose to be, at least you're not stagnant, you're always growing. And so I think sometimes it's moments, you know, like maybe you're playing a whole show and there's three moments in that show where you're like, Ooh, that spark right then. I just like felt it, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and, and so I think sometimes it's, it's moments and sometimes it's whole projects and experiences 
that you may not even have stepped into yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, recently I've been, um, I've been listening incessantly to Sam cook. Uh, and I, and I feel like Sam is my new kind of like, what's going on here. <laughs> ah, um, yeah. That I keep, was Prince's biggest, one of his biggest influences. I went through a big, I studied Prince a lot too. Um, uh, I can do a, I can do a pretty mean prince, but oh, I, oh my god! Wait, come on, have, do it. Do you know? Wait, hold on. Do you know about our show that we no. that like a huge portion of our show is based on Prince, and we've had like Morris Hayes, who is Prince's musical director for twenty years on. We've had um, wow. some of the biggest. We had um, Neil Carlin, um, who was Prince's private journalist. Who else? We've had um, Dwayne Tudal. Dwayne Tudal. Um, some of his backup singers and people who dated him but anyways we um Eden's a medium and and I'm an intuitive and we have channeled Prince um and uh are close friends with a lot of people and, that were in and, music and David, with him sorry I'm and David Bowie just throwing that one out there since you do him too <laughs> so we would so we would love for you to if you feel like singing a little few lyrics of Prince, we have a big audience for that Oh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing about singing Prince is you got to go hard or you got to go home, go home. You know? So like a lot of times, uh, you know, I've, I've only sang Prince a few times, like at a couple cover gigs and stuff, you know, uh-huh. um, usually kiss is the song that I do. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if this is a, a good idea. <laughs> He wants you to do it. Yeah, I feel it. <laughs> uh, you don't have to be beautiful to turn me on. I can't remember the lyrics. You hit, hit me up. Hit me up. I'm, I'm freaking out. Um, you don't have to be beautiful to turn me on. You, you don't, don't have to be rich to be well, my that's the guy. The, the first, my. the first verse. Come on, you guys. Oh. You don't have to be cool to, isn't it? Like that's to rule my world. Hold on. This is, we're, we're all embarrassing. Ourselves. Look it up. Let's look it we're up. All Come embarrassing on. Ourselves. I'm looking <laughs> up. Oh you my know, gosh. I know Prince music. Like that's my most favorite, but I, it's like blinking right now. Yeah. Hold Maybe. on. I'm, I'm actually. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> you don't have to be beautiful to turn me on. sure yeah you that was great and and i just you know what i was thinking kim um we can have um vicky and bobby listen to this and they could uh um you can hire sing him for the revolution for the revolution yeah 
<laughs> yeah, again, again, like half of half of sing. Unfortunately, half of singing Prince is like adrenaline. <laughs> you know, like you don't want to walk. You don't want to step into that. You gotta. You know, I mean, even like I'm embarrassed that I did that. Like I'll sing like, by myself. But you know, when when there's when there's the lights are up and shit and people are watching you, it's like, all right, yeah, let's fucking do this. You know, but <laughs> yeah, it's 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 well, you it's, have you have beautiful, the scariest. yeah, you have wonderful scariest. humility. But that was that was really badass. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, wait. Okay, so I wanted to ask you one more thing. But um, do you want to sing a couple lines from something that's just yours? Uh, well, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool because all you you know you've just done covers, but we want to we want to hear and see your soul. What yeah, about uh, the song from the Hallmark movie? Yeah, I was just gonna. I just I and and this is gonna this is gonna be airing on near Christmas. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Good. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So this is uh, I'll I'll just sing like a verse and a chorus or whatever of of uh, it's called it's a Christmas song and it's called Christmas time is here. Okay. <laughs> a little on the nose, but <laughs> all right. Here it goes. Dancing slow, a midnight play. In December's cold embrace, breathless love, how hearts they raise. In the firelight we swayed, I thought of how I used to feel. The time was right. Was it meant to be? And now Christmas time is here. And I don't want to say goodnight and memories of mistletoe and sleigh bells on the ride. So this year, Let's bring it on home. Wow. That was beautiful. That was. Yeah, it's a little a little uh, six eight kind of soul number. That's so cool. That should yeah. be on Sirius, the Christmas channels right now. Well, I'm I'm releasing it on Friday. It's oh nice. Old, okay. The, well you know, then by the time people hear it, by the time people hear this show, you guys can all look for it. Sure. You're releasing it on where, where can people hear it? Everywhere. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I'm releasing it as Brendan McCreary. Uh, just my full on straight up legal name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Awesome. You're so talented. I know. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. And um, yeah. Were you going to ask something, Aiden? Oh, I was uh, just going to wrap it up with asking you, where can people find you? Um, if you have any social media that you want people to, yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's a tough question because I'm, I'm, I'm literally like in, in the next few weeks, I'm, I'm kind of going to be sort of remodifying all the McKeon stuff into just being Brendan McCreary. So perhaps mm -hmm. by the time, uh, your listeners hear this, it'll just be at Brendan McCreary yeah. nice. at Brendan McCreary on Instagram and possibly, you know, youtube.com backslash Brendan McCreary. I, I don't know what, um, big, big social media 
moves for me coming up here. I'm, I'm freaked out. I'm, I'm a social media. Um, I have a deeply ingrained phobia of it. So I'm working really hard to like, uh, but yeah, trying to get everything under one banner, but you can just look up Brendan McCreary. You can look up Brendan McKeon, crisis couture, Oingo Boingo former members. And I'll, I'll just percolate somewhere in those search uh, hits. Right. And then everybody who hasn't seen Oingo Boingo former members, look for them next year because I'm, I'm for sure. I'm going to go to like three shows. Like they're amazing. You have to see him live now that you've heard him here. Yeah. I'm just, I'll go on a limb here and say we, we kick ass. It's it's a great band. It's great. Yeah. Like I literally, I took Claudia with me, Eden to that eighties concert and I'm like, okay, okay. This sounds good. This sounds good. And then all of a sudden they come on and she had never seen you guys. Mm. And I told her, you know, but telling someone doesn't do it justice unless they see. And she's just like, like blown away my face, you know, <laughs> it's like blown away. And then she's like, oh, my God, that's all we need to see them more. And she's like, can't wait to see you guys again. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we for Halloween, we I think we did two hours. I mean, at the, at the Greek, we only did four songs. So just a little. Yeah. Taste. But yeah, things things get wild. The Halloween show was was crazy. It was crazy. I was like jumping off drum risers and I walked out on the tables and kicking oh my God. drinks and stuff. It was pretty <laughs> rad. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Brendan. And um, I'm so happy to have connected with you and we're, we're just, I mean, this has been one of my top, top favorite episodes that we've oh, done. So and we've done, now me. we've done like 130, I think. So, so yeah, we're excited. Yeah. And just hit me up whenever I have any time I can help you guys out or be back on the show or whatever. I'd love to. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook. Before you use AI to transform your agency, you need to begin with trust. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com federal. IBM. Let's create.